Hello and welcome to Cycling Talk with me, Georgia Mahoney. Today we have Trinity Racing rider Cameron Mason. How are you doing? Nice to be here. Nice to meet you too, Cameron. So how did you first get into cycling, Cameron? Uh, so I was, I think I was uh, seven or eight. I'd always been cycling with my family and it was my cousin and my auntie and uncle who kind of introduced me to the racing side. Um, they are down south in, near Reading. And uh, we went and did a little saddlecross race and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was something totally new. Um, and then we went, when we went back up to Scotland, we uh, found a local race, uh, a Scottish cross country race. So I did the under, under eights race, I think. And um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I think I did quite well actually, because it was quite a technical course and I'd always mucked about on my bikes. Uh, so yeah, I ended up doing quite well. So that was my that was my first kind of cycling cycling racing. Yeah. What What was the first race like? Where yeah. You... So it was it was a bit nerve wracking, but I just I didn't really know what to expect, and I, I can't really remember it much because I was <laughs> I was like seven or eight. I was absolutely tiny. Um, but I think I remember being very nervous, not really knowing what was going on, but just realizing right, you've got to go really hard for ten, fifteen minutes, and when you get to the finish, that's it over, and then. Uh, you just got to wait until next week or the week after and to do the next one. What was your first bike that you remember having? Um, I had this tiny little um, purple bike. It must have been like a 16 inch or something. But the first one I properly remember was a, a Scott Voltage mountain bike, uh, which was a great little bike, bright red. And yeah, I did loads of stuff on that, like all the different trail centers. Glentress, loads of stuff on that. So yeah, that was probably my first proper, proper bike. What was your first cycling moment that you remember? Probably with my family, uh, maybe up at Beecraigs, which is our local wood, uh, in the snow or just in the mud, just, uh, yeah, every weekend we'd go mountain biking, whether that was like locally or we'd go to the Seven Stains in Scotland, which are these kind of trail centers. Um, so yeah, we, that was kind of the family thing was kind of mountain biking and all four of us, my brother, my mum and my dad all riding around and I'd get left behind on the on the uh, climbs but then I'd kind of catch off on the descents because uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was only like 10, 11 so and I was, I'd always remember pestering my dad to give me a push on the climbs. <laughs> he would ride most of the climbs with, with his hand out pushing my bum all the way up but then I can't remember when he stopped doing that but that was quite a big moment when I could get around a whole ride without um, without needing a push. <laughs> so what sort of training were you doing when you first started racing? So when I first started racing, that, yeah, that was the kind of riding I was doing was with yeah. my family and I didn't have any proper riding mates at that point. I hadn't really met many people through cycling, but the real big change was when the local cycle club got started up when I was 10 or 11. Uh, so that meant every Saturday going down to the park and uh, training and doing skills and little races with, with people my age, which was really, really good. And I've met loads of people through that, that club when I was that young. Um, so, yeah, that was really the, the, the training, you could say, was, was yeah. every week just going down and practicing skills and with some really great club coaches that have done a lot for, a lot for cycling. So. Yeah, that was that was that was really important in my development. Really, was that focus on skills, and it was saddle cross, it was mountain bike, it was road. Like when I got older as well, and I was riding more disciplines when I was like eleven, twelve. Um, we would 
every week would be a different place that you would train. So some weeks we'd be on in like a car park doing road skills. Some weeks we'd be in the mountain bike and then other weeks we'd be doing saddle cross. So they, the great thing, they were always doing different things. And we did grass track as well, which is like velodrome but on a grass, like on grass. Um, so on fixed gear bikes and that's a whole different kind of skill set so I think that was that was really important was was we were we were always doing different stuff and and that really helped yeah so um what sort of training are you doing at the moment then uh so at the moment yeah we've obviously got lots of time because there's no racing and no commitments so for me it's it's just about consistency and and quality quality off season so I've been doing big training blocks lots of hours lots of efforts um yeah it's just been kind of ticking over well and okay. and just working on working on my weaknesses there's always there's always something that um, more to work on so uh just working on those things was cycling always your first sport or did you have another sport that you're interested in when you were younger and it was always my main sport but it wasn't my own ever my only sport i did football i did badminton did hill running for quite a wee while in athletics um I did fencing for a bit which is a bit of a weird one um yeah I've always been sporty and stuff and most of the time I would be doing two or three sports at, at one time but it would always be cycling as well so I'd kind of drop in that of neat like climbing and just as I get bored of things and want to pick other things up like mm. my my um interest changed a lot just like everyone does when you're young and it, and I always wasn't afraid to try new things and in with my family as well like hill walking and just the more outdoors the better I realized like I did a few kind of indoor things but I didn't really enjoy them quite as much that's why I kind of always kind of came back to cycling and running and, and things like that so it's always been yeah cycling kind of came out on top but it could have easily been if if I didn't at that point enjoyed and was doing well in something else I I think I could have been a, a different type of athlete but it just happened that cycling kind of fit the bill. So how did you use social media to get yourself more well-known in cycling? Um, so yeah, I've just kind of used it, like just um, shown what I've been up to. I think my pathway has been quite interesting and social media has just been the tool to show people that. I think some people don't quite use social media to its full potential. Like so much of it is, is very easy. Like it's just simple things like, keeping people updated or giving a little bit of a, an original insight onto things, whether that's through stories or through Facebook posts. Like there's so many different ways you can get across what you're doing. It could be a blog post. It could be YouTube videos. Uh, a lot of people ask me like, Oh, like, do I need to be doing YouTube to, to get people to follow me or to get people to notice me? And it's not about that one thing. It's about getting across who you are and who you are as a person. And that just happens for me to be YouTube, but there's other people, there's some great blogs out there, great podcasts, like the one we're on right now, uh, that, that can get across that, um, yeah, get across what you're all about. And that's what people want to see. If, if you're, you're not going to get noticed if you're just sitting at home doing nothing, there's, there's got to be a bit of that um, proactiveness. And uh, for me, that's YouTube and, and Instagram and, and all these things. Yeah, definitely. So how, do, how have you been staying motivated when you know that there's not going to be much racing this year? Yeah, like um, the start of lockdown was a little bit tough in terms of there really wasn't anything on the horizon. 
um, st- things are starting to pop up now. Like my cyclocross season is becoming more, um, more solid, which is great. Week by week, more races are popping up that are going to be on, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, the motivation side, I never had a, too many issues with it. I think I'd had a really intense uh, winter season. So when I got to February and March, I was really ready for a rest and I took a good month off the bike uh, from proper training. And then after that, in kind of um, March and April, I was kind of getting back into training and that was my main focus. And and I wouldn't have actually been racing until like June anyway. Um, so by the time I got to then, I just was continued to work on my weaknesses and just and just uh yeah just ticked along with the training i can imagine for the the road guys and the mountain bike guys like it's a lot more frustrating but for me it didn't affect my cross season too much so i was just felt pretty lucky just to be in a position that i got everything out of my race season and i've still been able to train really hard and 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 do all all those things so now i feel lucky i've been i've been pretty motivated um, which league did you first race in? When like, you like cycling league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the first league. I think the Scottish mountain bike series, uh, cross country mountain bike series. I did that when I was under twelve. Um, so there were different races all around Scotland, and that was actually great as well because we got to kind of see new bits. We'd go down to the borders down south or up towards the Highlands and. Yeah, that was that was really good, and the the whole weekend would be we'd go and camp or stay in a B and B, and yeah, that was really good fun and hang out with friends and things. So yeah, that the Scottish cross country series was my my first first proper league. Yeah, yeah. So um, how did you make the jump from riding um, just regionally to riding in the national races? Yeah, so I I can't remember what my first ever national was. I think it was a uh, my first ever race out of Scotland was a I think it was the British Champs in Shropshire, uh, in mountain bike, and it was a whole new experience. I, I I think we were down near there on holiday, and we were just like, oh, we should just go and try and see how we get on. So it was practice on the Saturday, then race on the Sunday. It was juvenile, so I was under fourteen. I think I was first year under fourteen. That was my first international race. Uh national race um, and yeah it was a whole new experience like massive course big features loads of people and yeah it was a big shock I didn't I didn't do very well I was gridded so far back and it took me ages I can't remember who won that day um, yeah it was the national champs and yeah it didn't it, I didn't get put off which is great um, and then we started doing British cross-country rounds more often uh, which were great fun and slowly started to work out how to race them better and and got more national ranking points. And that took a few years. And then by the time I was under 16, I was placing a little bit better. Um, but yeah, just still learning like new courses. And there were some that were up in Scotland, which was really good. Um, but that jump from regional to, to, to national was fairly big because the difference between the Scottish races and the British races is is pretty big. We're lucky in Scotland that we've got quite a lot of good riders, so the level is is good in Scotland. So that kind of pushes everyone up. But yeah, there was definitely a a jump. What about racing internationally, like in Europe? What's the main difference in the racing? 
Yeah, that was another big step. The, the biggest difference is the level. It depends kind of what discipline you're in, but the Europeans are very good at riding bikes. So it's um, the actual speed of the races and yeah, just your expectation of what result you can get out of it. But in terms of the the difference, yeah, it's, it's the kind of scale of it all. Like, especially with cyclocross, it's, it's almost their national sport and you go over there and it feels like you're at a football game or like it's just a big sporting event and you're the main attraction which is really exciting you're you're one of the riders and no matter what level at you're at no matter what result you get on the day at, at these cross races you're kind of treated as this equal as like you're you're there and everyone's paying their euros to go watch you which is really exciting and that's a bit very different to the UK where it's all about the riders as in everyone who's at the race is a racer whereas in Belgium there's like 20,000 people there to watch the, the like 100 racers uh, which is massive and as a junior doing, going over to Belgium and doing my first saddlecross race that was just like that was the best part of it it wasn't I didn't really once I got there and realized how big this thing was I didn't really mind what result I got I felt like I'd already made it like I'd already done that big step and, and made it up to this level but then from there I started kind of climbing up the ladder again and and, and working out this new way of ra- racing because yeah the the atmosphere and the the tactics are pretty different from national racing and and the courses are very different the massive difference is that you have to ride in sand quite a lot and I'm not very good at it so that took a lot of a lot of work um and a lot of mistakes really crashing in almost every race and just losing places to Belgians because they're a lot better. Um, so yeah, lots of big things to learn and it was definitely a shock, but um, I think the attitude you bring to that is really important. The kind of, yeah, having an open attitude to, to the kind of the struggles of what, how hard it will be and then working from that. And, and focusing on the positives and then taking it from there. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a good step. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing experience. Do you actually know how many world championship races you've done? Uh, I've only done one world championships. I've done a handful of World Cups, and then I, I did a lot of international Belgian races last year. Uh, I think I did 40 or 50 in one season, which wow. is re- like including all the World Cups and stuff, which is a lot of racing and mostly like twice a week, sometimes more. Um, so that was, yeah, that was really big. And and just having to deal with like having to, for your body to deal with all that load was really tough, but um, like recovery was super important. I think that's, saddle cross races are really good at the recovery side because of how hard the racing is and how often it is. So that's something to keep in mind if you're racing on regional level or national level. If you've got like two races in a weekend or two races in a week, um, the, the recovery part is almost as important as the racing part with, with cyclocross because an hour or 45 minutes of, of real hard riding definitely takes it out of you. Yeah, I've never had to do two races in a weekend or in a week, so it must be... Yeah really hard do you know what your favorite course is or your favorite race that you've done um courses it's kind of hard to put down to one like i've had i've had good races on courses that i don't particularly like and then i've had bad races on courses that i like like the my favorite course would probably be like a more mountain bikey course more technical climbing 
Uh, so like Namur is a really famous one for that because it's got these crazy descents down the citadel and loads of climbing. Also Overizer, which is another Belgian one, has got a lot of climbing and is routine and stuff. So yeah, those are probably my two favourite. Um, but I've had really good result. Like I had a great result in, in Hugerheide in, in the Netherlands. And that was that was a really fast course um, with some sand and stuff. So yeah, there's just a big mix. And I think that's what I learned going out to Belgium is like the amount of courses you race. It's all different. Um, and the conditions could be so different every every week you're on different tires different pressures and yeah and that's what's great about it is the variety so yeah, it's yeah. Really good. I really like watching those races but I think I'd be a bit too scared to go down yeah. to descent. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you'd uh, get used to it pretty quickly yeah. <laughs> it's ev- everyone has that shot my first Belgian Sattelkos race was Zonhoven which is probably the hardest one you could ever do and I don't know why we chose it um it was we were just like, yeah, let's just do this one. So we went all the way over to Belgium to this one race and it was on Oven and it was a, the biggest shock ever because it was so sandy and so hard. Like over half of the course is sand riding, which I'd never really done before. Um, so anyway, if I can do that and not get put off, then I think yeah, the my biggest piece of advice to anyone who wants to do cyclocross is to just get over to Belgium, no matter what level you're at. If you want to watch a race, like that's the level and uh to just get involved with that is is the best way i think yeah so do you think if you were under 14 again would there anything that you would there be anything that you would do differently like training wise or bike wise um under 14 what was i doing under 14 i think i would uh try and do more discipline even more disciplines than i was doing like at the time i think i was doing road crits um, map, uh, cross country and uh, saddle cross but yeah I think you, you can't really do too much in terms of variety when you're that age like I probably should have done a little bit more track because there's so many skills and, and things you can learn from track riding um, downhill as well like downhill mountain biking would have been great like there's some great downhill mountain bike races in Scotland and uh, yeah just the more you can expose yourself to you never know you could really enjoy one part like I did a bit of track and I did a bit of road and and at that time I realized I was more into the off-road side but you wouldn't you would never know if you didn't try so I think you're at an awesome age when you're under 14 to go do lots of things no one's a specialist I'm not a specialist now I think like yeah your bodies are young and you're all enjoying it and if you enjoy it then you can go do these different things you can go ride yeah go do duathlons or go try a triathlon um because yeah you never know you could find that little bit of enjoyment or that little bit of success that then leads on something more that's that's really important yeah definitely i think i think that is a very good i hadn't really thought of about that before but that's a very important point Um, From the outside, I think Trinity Racing, like the setup, is so cool. Is it that cool on the inside? Yeah, it is that cool, especially at Sartacross races. It was a big step for me going from just me and my dad out the back of the van, uh, (laughs) having to sort ourselves, to then having like four or five mechanics and soigneur and manager and uh, teammates and camp left. Yeah, that's the, probably the best part of the team is the, the kind of infrastructure around Saddlecross. It's it's a pretty demanding race day. 
like from getting up to getting to the race, practicing all that and, and having those people around you just makes it so much easier having uh, someone there to sort your food, someone there to sort your bike. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, really important. And yeah, we get to race on really cool bikes and cool kit. So I can't, I can't really complain. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Every, every race last season, I would still get excited because of how cool our bikes and kit were. Um, so that, that hasn't gone away yet. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> so um, what was it like having the support from your family when you were younger? Oh, yeah, that, that, they were the biggest part of my kind of cycling career. Um, if I hadn't, if we hadn't made it so enjoyable and if we hadn't kind of had it in the family, then I wouldn't be where I am today. And Yeah, they were super important and, and they got stuck into it just as much as I did. I'm sure my mum didn't enjoy the camping sometimes or <laughs> my dad didn't enjoy the long driving sometimes, but it was all for the kind of, yeah, the enjoyment of it. And, and I got... I put my side of the deal in. I tried my hardest at every race and I gave it my all and I showed that I was wanting to to be committed and, and had the right mental attitude. I think that it goes both ways. Like you have to, your parents will always want to support you in what you do, but you have to, you have to kind of show that you're willing to do that as well. Same with school, same with lots of things. You've got to just, just try your hardest. That could be getting a DNF at a race or hopefully not getting a DNF, you always want to finish, but just trying your hardest to get to the finish, whether you get a mechanical or it's rubbish weather or you're feeling, you're feeling rubbish. Yeah. You just yeah, try your hardest all the way to the finish and you'll show the people who matter that, uh, that yeah, you're, you're doing your best. Yeah. That, I think that's really important. <laughs> so I see you've been doing a lot of like gravel style riding recently. Do you think you'd ever do, um, like gravel races like Dirty, Kansa and Cape Epic? Yeah, I, I think I would. Like uh, the the DK is, is probably a little bit too long for me at the moment. I'm not really like ultra endurance or endurance like level yet. But yeah, Cape Epic is definitely on my bucket list. Just the scenery, the, the riding, the kind of how physically tough it would be. Yeah, all those, I've got a big list on my phone of things that I want to do. Um, and those two are on it, um, along with some bikepacking stuff, some other big races. Uh, there's Swiss Epic as well, which is like similar to Cape Epic, but in Switzerland and you do an unbelievable amount of climbing. Um, so yeah, those, those are definitely on the list to do in the next few years, I think. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, who do you think your favourite like all-time cyclist is? Um, all-time, I think when I was growing up, um, like I watched Bradley Wiggins on the TV in 2012. That was massive, I think, for almost every cyclist my age. That was a huge inspiration. I was also there when he won his gold in London um, in the time trial. Um, it's I think specific to Scotland though, like I always watch Danny McCaskill and I think he's probably actually my all time favorite cyclist. He's like very far opposite to what I do right now. He's not a racer, but just from watching his videos and just having that little bit of kind of connection because he's Scottish and yeah. And the kind of Red Bull side and the, the, um, 
yeah just his creativity I think that's really inspirational and, and inspiring so he's definitely my probably my all-time favorite cyclist yeah do you think his videos might have inspired you to start doing your YouTube and your vlogs and everything yeah yeah definitely like it, he is he's the video king and his videos have been doing so well for so long he's probably the one of the first person people to go viral uh, I think it was back in 2008 he made a video that got over a million views wow. um, and that's yeah that's that's inspiring and yeah I, I think whenever I go out and film myself on a bike you, you think you're Dan McCaskill or you, or you think you're like another big rider yeah it's yeah yeah who do you think your current like fate <laughs> who do you think your favorite um current cyclist is um i've been following a lot of what lachlan morton is doing at the moment he, he rides for ef education and uh yeah he's just been doing some really cool challenges he did gb duro last year which was from land's end to john groats off-road and uh i rode with him for a little bit on his on his ride and yeah just he was obviously he was like five days deep into this massive challenge but he seemed really lovely and and his kind of approach to cycling is a bit kind of alternative and I can kind of um yeah I can I'm attracted to quite a lot of the stuff that he does so yeah he's very inspirational at the moment and I can see myself taking on similar challenges I, I'm definitely not as much of a beast as he is but <laughs> I like uh yeah I, I aspire to be as as strong as he is <laughs> yeah that's that's really cool so if you had like five minutes before a race what song do you think you'd listen to to get yourself motivated um I have a warm-up playlist that I listen to the whole of the cross season just the same playlist with 30 songs on it um I would like shuffle it every race but maybe uh a moment apart by Odessa which is like I think GoPro have used it for a few of their like um like camera releases and it's just yeah it's just gets you really hyped up and yeah I think that would be the one for for a cross race yeah I think I'll definitely have to listen to that song so um where do you where do you hope to see yourself cycling wise in five years time um hopefully doing similar stuff cyclocross mountain bike road as many and gravel as many stuff as I can and um maybe having done a, a Commonwealth Games or kind of shooting for an Olympics um, I think that's a bucket list type thing if you're an athlete at any sport. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to have ticked off some other big adventures and just continue to use my bike as a as a tool to do those things. Like we're really lucky that it can uh, our sport can kind of take us places physically, but also in in our sport to different races to different countries and stuff. And if I can keep doing that over the next five years, I'll be I'll be very happy. What what Olympic um, sport would you want to do? Um, I think I'd probably have my best shot at mountain biking, but because we have some pretty good road talent in the UK, uh, and maybe if cyclocross becomes a winter Olympic sport, that would be a pretty cool one. If I could represent uh, GB at cyclocross, that would be that would be that would be crazy. Yeah, I think cyclocross should definitely become a winter. Olympic yeah. Sport. <laughs> um, what do you think you've learned about yourself during lockdown 
Um, I've learned that my body can take more than I think than than I've thought. Like I've been able to handle with a lot of training load, which is really good. And I've also learned how important fueling and recovery is. Uh, just personally, like um, that's probably been the biggest step that I've made in the last kind of six, seven months is really dialing my food and uh, and recovery. And that's made a massive, massive uh, impact on how much training I can handle. Um, and yeah, mentally, I've learned that I don't necessarily need racing all the time, but uh, that I am missing it. So that is a big part of it is my kind of competitive and racing side of it is, yeah, it's is a big reason why I enjoy cycling. So let's let's hope that we get racing soon. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what what sort of thing do you do for your recovery? Um, main thing is sleep. Really, that's the best form of recovery. Um, so naps. If you're absolutely knackered, mm-hmm. are good. Don't make sure you're not napping too late in the day. Um, and yeah, just and fueling just for your effort. Um, especially when you're young or like basically all the way up until you're until you're an adult you need to be fueling for the effort and and that means eating a lot of food if you're riding your bike lots um and it's yeah it's it's fuel in fuel out so that's that's really important to just always have that in the back of your head that mm-hmm. um that you're if you're working hard especially if, if you're like when i was at school as well if you're at school and training it's almost twice as much work as all of your peers are doing um and that requires twice as much food um, and yeah, it, it helps if you enjoy making it as well, because I make a lot of my food and do lots of baking and make lots of treats and stuff because it means you get to eat them all and being a good part of cycling is that you can eat lots of, uh, of lots of treats, brownies, cakes, all of that. So on my cafe ride today, I went and, uh, bought a tart from the bakery and had that because I felt like I deserved it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really great advice because some people, um they don't eat enough when they're training and doing everything else um yeah thank you so much for coming on today Cameron it's been really nice no worries thank you thank you for having me um yeah so and thank everybody for listening you can check our instagram at cycling.talk.podcast and you can find us on spotify acast and youtube And we will see you in the next episode.